It's part of Spider-Man suffering and letting the people close to you die, or do you have the power to change that? Being Spider-Man is a sacrifice, like that's all it can ever be. Because how do you even attempt to match that legend? And that is what makes Miles so relatable. It isn't the fact that his life sucks, it's the fact that he's chasing greatness. In the universe, they've shown there's a ton of Peter Parker's, a ton of Gwen Seasons. And across the Spider-Verse, are we going to see another Miles Morales? This could be a really iconic Spider-Man story. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Invincibles podcast. You know me. I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. And we are the Invincible. Boom, there we go, guys. Yep. <laughs> Today we're gonna be talking about Across the Spider-Verse, you know, very, very excited for this movie. And in true Spider-Verse fashion, we got podcast Spidey over here, and then we have stunt double Spidey over here. You know, times are <laughs> tough. Times are tough, you know. I can't afford a you know lens right now. You know, my, the rest of my suit got ripped up, but it's okay, you know, it's all good. So we're gonna make it work, guys. We're gonna make it happen. So Let's just jump into it, man. Across the Spider-Verse comes out in June. You saw the trailer, bro. What was the first thing that came to your mind? What 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 got your Ollie senses tingling? <laughs> uh, it's it's like it, it's a completely sort of new way to approach a Spider-Man story. Like looking at does is part of Spider-Man suffering and letting the people close to you die, or do you have the power to change that? And mm. that's such an interesting angle to take. Um, and uh, like first uh, another thing, the animation style, but the animation just looks absolutely phenomenal. Yes, like they've stepped it up somehow, stepped it up again from from the first one. Um, and Miguel O'Hara, he 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 looks like he's probably the main antagonist of the film, yeah. and that's 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 just got to be incredible. Um. Is it no, go on, go on. And we got to do the point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying, do you think Miguel O'Hara is the antagonist and the villain, or do you think he's the antagonist to Miles, but the spotlight will still be on literally the spot? Because I was really happy with this trailer that we didn't really know a lot of what's happening. It's a lot of deep themes that the movie will explore, but in terms of what it's actually happening, very little, which we need more of that in cinema now, you know, yeah. like not to get off like on a tangent here, but I'm very tired of trailers and movies being determined good based on if theories and cameos isn't the goddamn project, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that we have a trailer that's like its own original story that you can't really speculate on and that just incites you or invites you more to see the movie, we need more of that, you know, like not to, you know, not to, you know, crap on another movie, but Blue Beetle did everything I don't like. And, and movies nowadays you know like you got the cameos in there you know you got the you got the little uzi vert you know commercial you know song in there instead of actually i don't know using your own soundtrack but that's neither here or there i'm just saying like into the spider-verse was very fresh and changed the game and across the spider-verse seems to kind of go in that same direction and especially the animation i mean plus mm -hmm. you know the last wish you know and then the new teenage oh, yeah. movie that's coming out you know, Spider-Man, once again, you know, changing the culture, bro. Like, I love it. I'm very, very, very excited about this. 
I'm going to have to take this mask off because <laughs> <laughs> I wore this suit for my birthday party a few weeks ago and I haven't washed it since. So it still smells of sweat and Guinness. So, <laughs> hey, bro, bro, Spidey doesn't drink, man. What are you doing, man? Spidey doesn't drink. Bro. Oh, I'm letting them down, aren't I? I'm letting the Spider-Verse <laughs> down. <laughs> And Miguel O'Hare is about to come in and 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 beat you up. And speaking like on an unrelated note, bro, they 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 shouted out Tom Holland Spider Man. You know, yes, Miguel they said, did. They did uh, the little nerd and and uh, you know Doctor Strange on Earth nine 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 um, mm -hmm. or one nine 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 nine. Um, first of all, real quickly, a lot of the people who are getting mad actually it's supposed to be Earth six one six. What is this? What is this? Like, bro, like go outside, work Ooh. out. You know what I'm saying? Like, put down the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you know? Get on the treadmill a bit. Like, not trying to be toxic here, but come on. Like, there's bigger things to worry about than if they got one fucking detail wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes nerds are annoying as hell. And and it's ironic, because look at me. And I'm just <laughs> that's that's just such a minuscule thing to complain about, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just so annoying. But, you know, um, I think that's cool. And we might see them in Beyond the Spider-Verse, Toby, Andrew, and Tom. Um, but I don't know if we will see Tom acknowledge the Spider-Verse in the MCU Spider-Man movies, if, if that makes sense. Um, much like in comics, you'll have Spider-Man show up in a Hawkeye issue, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll talk about it in Amazing Spider-Man run. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm very excited. But I, once again, the forefront should be on Miles because he is my favorite Spider-Man. Um and, you know, and and I, I really love what they did with them into the Spider-Verse and across the Spider-Verse. And, you know, just being like a, you know, not to be that guy, but I have like so much Spider-Man comics here in this drawer. Um, I will say that Miles has benefited a lot from better comic books, especially in the last 10 years than Peter Parker's stories have. Um, so which kind of segues into what you were originally talking about, man, and, and I'd really love your input here. You said that a lot of this this trailer, and I agree, talked about the deeper themes of Spider-Man, what it means to be Spider-Man, how, how, I think it was Peter B. Parker who said this, or Miguel O'Hara, or maybe another character, but one of them said to Miles off screen that being Spider-Man is a sacrifice, like that's all it can ever be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you look at it from our perspective, it's like, well, that's kind of dour, isn't it? Isn't that kind of like Batman? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. Um and Historically, that's that is what it has been in you know in all the Spider-Man stories, and yeah, it just feels so fresh, like this idea, um, and I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it. I really am. Do you think? So so let's talk about that. Where do you think it will go? Oh, like, what do you think? What do you, how do you think the spot plays into this? Miguel O'Hara, Miles's character arc, family is a huge part of this trailer. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I'm not sure how the how how the spot will play into it because I've this is like my first um sort of exposure to the spot as a character, so I'm I'm not really too sure. But I think he'll be like, I don't yeah he he I don't think he'll be in it a lot really. I think he'll be sort of the main villain of like the first part of the film when you know Miles is um you know sort of before before he gets into all the multiversal shenanigans, but um. Are you familiar with the spot from the comics? Like, what, what, what's besides yeah. having portals? Like, what, what does he do? No, the the only thing I'm familiar about with the spot was in the '90s Spider-Man animated cartoon series. He was in a couple oh. episodes of that. Yeah, um, I know he has been in the comics, but I mean, I'm not very familiar with them. Which, mm. 
I'm I'm so happy about that because I'm so tired yeah. of going into movies with preconceived theories and fan theories and this like expectation of the movie should already be predictable and we already go into the film. So the fact that they picked a new villain that a lot of people don't know about, um, that I yeah. don't even know about. Like, I, I hadn't heard of him before they, uh, they announced it. I think that's brilliant writing. I think that's a brilliant creative decision. Like, like shout out to them. Oh my God. But no, I don't, yeah, I'm very unfamiliar with the spot, but I mean, I guess it kind of ties, I would, if I had to wager, I definitely think uh, it ties into the Kingpin's little, uh, um, you know, machine thing that, you know, that it, from into the Spider-Verse, I think maybe he got hit by some rays or something and has the ability to open portals into other universes, maybe. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That, I, don't, I don't know. Like, that, that's just something <laughs> I'm throwing out there. Um, it, it's interesting, though, because at the end of Into the Spider-Verse, Miguel O'Hara shows up because of everything that happened in, you know, Brooklyn and uh went back in time and whatever and then you had the funny point meme at easter egg which is you know such good good cinema um mm. but i think uh miguel o'hara kind of being the leader of like the spider universe uh, i'll just throw this out there i have a hard time watching this movie and not thinking Morland isn't going to be a part of it okay um when you look at interdimensional spider-man stories Morland is typically on the forefront of those um mm -hmm. and if you look at brand synergy right like sony with the madam web movie ezekiel is going to be a big part of that madam web movie ezekiel is directly tied to moreland to those who don't know who moreland is so essentially in the john aramita uh, jr run where he uh, illustrated for j michael straczynski uh in the early 2000s it's one of the best spider-man runs ever you know, not to get off topic, but I would argue to those who are unfamiliar with the Spider-Man character and really want to know what he's all about, read the original Stanley run. So, and this ties into why I think Moreland is going to be in Across the Spider-Verse. It, it all connects. Um, but, you know, if you want to know more about the character Spider-Man, read the original Stanley run, okay? Tells you everything about him. Um, then you can really delve deeper so after that after he's in high school he's in college this is where a lot of spider-man 2 got its inspiration from spider-man uh you know no more and you quit and everything like that so you have that um that's a good one if you want to know more about the character so in the original run he's a teenager trying to figure out his way and the second run right with the uh, john Media senior and um you know stan lee writing that because they had a terrible relationship, Steve Ditko and Stanley, which we can talk about a lot, but mm -hmm. uh, they didn't—they did not like each other. But they did create the character we all love, know and love. So shout out to them. Uh, also, great professionalism, great workplace professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to know more as well, you can get this Roger Stern omnibus. This is where Black Cat and a lot of the organized crime story arcs come into play, um, and really kind of told, shows you who Peter Parker is. Like, I feel like a lot of the movies forget that Peter is a dude. Who, whose life sucks not because fate is just cruel, but because um, he chooses to go into the battle every single day because he hates injustice. So there's an element of anger to the character, right? That's why he talks a lot of shit. That's why he clips. There's an element of he hates injustice, so he has anger. I feel like a lot of the movies have missed that. The only exception is Spider-Man 3 and, uh, and uh, No Way Home. I think those movies get that on. No, I'm lying. Spider-Man. Right, he gave he gave Green Goblin yeah. the work. He gave Green Goblin the work, but read the omnibus, right? 
And then the fourth thing I would strongly recommend you reading, which ties into Moreland, is the J. Michael Straczynski run with illustrated by John Romita Jr., who is John Romita Sr.'s son, if you couldn't already figure that out. And, <laughs> and in that run, Peter Parker, um, he's living in New York City. He's a science teacher. He teaches at a public school, an underfunded public school. Um, there's issues of, you know, school shootings happening there, and he stops that. 9-11, that issue happened under J. Michael Straczynski's run. Um, but it, a, a big defining part in that run, because every, you know, major run in the Spider-Man, you know, Mythos has a character that hasn't been there before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before it was Doc Ock, then it was Green Goblin, then it was Kingpin, then it was Craven, then it was Venom. J. Michael Straczynski introduced Morlin. Okay? Yeah. So... Moreland to those and, and that's just you know uh that that's just more if you want to know more about the character and you don't know where to start and you only know video games and, and and the movies read those stuff okay uh and we can send you the list and everything so good good stuff great great comic book stuff on here so if you want so Moreland essentially Peter Parker there was an understanding that the spider that bit Peter Parker it was um a complete freak accident right he was it absorbed radioactivity, it bit him, it should have killed him, it should have maybe even mutated him, instead it gave him spider powers. And with that, did the wrong thing, and then Uncle Ben got killed. So a lot of his origin is a story about rising up to unforeseeable events in your life, right? Like that's the metaphor, right? J. Michael Straczynski kind of toyed with that a bit, and he was like, well, what if it wasn't? So in this run, pretty much, there's like these spider totems, right? And Madam Web is connected, but pretty much it states that every universe has a Spider-Man. And the spider that bites you isn't necessarily uh, scientific, but it's more like fate. Okay. Like it's mystical. So, so that is the run that changed Spider-Man's uh, um, origins from scientific to spooky in a way, to, to uh, you know, animalistic, to, to uh, mystical, so to speak. And uh, but how he answers it isn't really definitive. Peter and the audience kind of interprets that for himself, like in the in the panel uh, while he's fighting Morlin, and I'll get to who Morlin is real quick. He says maybe it was the radiation, maybe it was the the the, the predestined. But no matter what, I'm still the guy here in your face, refusing to let you kill other people. So Peter comes to it. He's like, I don't really care if I was predestined. I'm still here. I'm still Spider Man. And you're still going to get this work, which shows his character, which, which which I appreciate. So Moreland, he is this interdimensional vampire who travels universe, killing spider people. That, that's what he likes to do. <laughs> and he he, he uh, crosses over with Peter Parker, finds this Peter Parker. He's going to kill him. Uh, but this Peter Parker, he realizes, okay, well, the other spiders that bit the other spider people across the universe while they might have been mystical, this spider bit me through science. Like, it, it's radioactivity. That's what makes Peter a bit different from the other spider people. His was radioactivity, at least in the 616 continuity, right? Mm-hmm. The spider that bit him. Like, an ultimate Spider-Man, and, and you know, the Tim McGuire movies, right? It was genetically altered. The venom transformed him. In the 616 universe, it was a freak accident. It wasn't supposed to happen. The, radioaction, the radioactivity changed him, if that makes sense, if you're following along. So he said, maybe there was a mystical spider in this world that should have bit me, and maybe it got squished. So maybe oh. this radioactive spider was a freak accident anyway. So essentially, he flips it on Moreland. He was like, how do you know I was the person you're supposed to eat? Because oh. I have I have radioactivity. The others don't. 
So what Peter did is he uh, injected himself with a bunch of plutonium, and I'm like butchering it a bit, but he injected himself with a lot of radioactivity. So when Moreland absorbed his life force, he started getting sick and started dying. And wow. He, and then Peter got cured of that extra radioactivity, and he still had his spider powers. So while Moreland is like wheezing, and he's like, hey, oh my God, what's happening? Spider-Man's like, ha, 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 ha. And then he beats the shit out of Moreland. Wow. So, yeah, so, bro, like I said, J. Michael Straczynski's Spider-Man run is so good. Read it all the way up to issue 500. It ends on Peter Parker's happy birthday moment where he gets to say goodbye to Uncle Ben one last time due to Doctor Strange. And uh, don't read anything after that because then you have one more day where May Day and the marriage of Mary Jane is sacrificed, and which also ties into Across the Spider-Verse because in this story, Tyling, Peter, and MJ are married and they have a daughter, which in the comics they... They got rid of, it, and that's a horrible decision because Marvel editorial, for some reason, believes that we don't want to see Peter Parker grow as a character after forty effing years. But that's a whole other topic. But that's who Moreland is. Okay, interdimensional spider, and that's the story that he's in. If you're interested, read more about it. J. Michael Straczynski, so, advertising. So reading up to issue five hundred, starting where? Um, I start from from like number one, amazing, amazing. Oh, fantasy. the number one. Oh, yeah. right from the, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the character progression from this all the way to J. Michael Straczynski from 1964 yeah. to early 2000s. It is so good. Mm. Everything after that is trash. Apart give, from Superior Spider-Man. Superior, okay. <laughs> and, 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 and that, that, that's a good point. That's a good point because I'm not saying that there aren't great issues and great story arcs in the modern era. That'd be disingenuous. You have Renew Your Vows, you know what I mean? You have Superior Spider-Man. You ha even have the Miles comics, which I said earlier, they've been way, they've been whooping Peter's stories for 10 years now. That's facts, but nobody reads them, but it's facts. But I think it's all about where you want the character to go. Yeah. It, it makes no sense for Mark Grayson, right, Invincible, to have more of a character progression in three issues than Peter Parker has in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And shout out Invincible. I love Invincible. It's my favorite story comic book. Like, bro, we, we got to do an Me episode too. on that. But, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll, be doing, we'll be doing lots of that in this season too. But um, and that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make sense for Peter to not have that character progression, mm -hmm. which is why I really love Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse because they show that. And in Into the Spider-Verse, he's kind of down in his luck mm -hmm. and he truly was kind of ready to give his life up to, to stop the universe. And now he's a dad and he has a daughter. Everything that Marvel editorial hates and thinks will dissuade the audience is ironically giving more views for the movie. Like, mm. you morons, people want to see Peter grow. Do you think that, in a way, Spider-Man comics have been hindered by the success of Spider-Man as a character? Because, like, with Invincible, he when, when the comics ended, he was very, very popular in comics, but he wasn't as popular as Spider-Man. And they had a clear start and end of the story, but with Spider-Man, just carries on and carries on. They don't want to give an end to a story because they, you know, they won't be able to make as much money out of it. They just want to keep the comics coming and coming. But do you think if it, if like the original Spider-Man run had had like a definitive ending, then and then they'd done these stories in maybe a different iteration of the character, do you think that would have been better? Uh, yeah, 100%. Because mm -hmm. I think, well, one, commercialized, right? Like, Spider-Man yes. is so big, you can't really end his story. You can maybe do a limited series or do, like, a one-off movie, like, maybe, like, Logan. Mm -hmm. But, like, Wolverine will never truly be retired. Spider-Man will never be retired. He's kind of, like you said, doomed by his own success. Mm -hmm. 
That does not mean, however, you can't be creative with them. And I think that's the biggest issue, kind of like with WrestleMania, the ending, right? It was not creative. I think a lot of the issues here, it's just not creative. Like, for mm -hmm. example, if you have a Peter Parker who's always struggled with his rent, and that is the same character trope for 20 years, at some point you're not, you know, relatable. At some point you're just a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and that's... And that's what they've done, you know, with all due respect to the current writers, but that's what's kind of been happening in this current Zeb Wells run. Mm -hmm. He literally, bro, bro, Peter Parker went from taking on the Sinister Six and beating Doc Ock, fighting Venom and Carnage at once and winning, coming out of the grave and getting, like, you know, beating up Vermin and Craven's Last Hunt, fighting Daredevil and, and, and you know, um, Death of Gene DeWolf, to calling Norman Osborn, and I'm sorry, there is no way, there is no way that Peter Parker, that Spider-Man, would ever freaking work with the Green Goblin. It will never, never, ever, ever happen. I don't care if the Sin Eater was revived and erased the sins of Norman Osborn. First of all, that's a stupid-ass arc in a Spider-Man story. This is a street-level character. Why the hell are we going Doctor Strange up in this shit? It doesn't make any sense. That's number one. And number two, yes, let's say you did get all the sins away. And currently, if you confuse what I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about the current run of Spider-Man right now. That's what I'm talking about. Because Nick Spencer actually had a commentary. The previous writer of Amazing Spider-Man had a commentary. He literally had a panel, and I'm going to have it on the screen and a TikTok or whatever, where he said, this has been happening over and over and over. Like Peter's talking to himself. He's like, this has been happening to me over and over and over. Villains keep coming back. I can't get my life together. My relationship with Mary Jane is ruined. Aunt May is danger. Villains come back. My relationship is in danger. My Mary Jane, blah, blah. And he feels like he's an inept individual. And that's mm -hmm. such a meta commentary for him being an inept character. So, 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 so how does Spider-Man go from Gwen Stacy getting her neck by Green Goblin to now working at Oscorp? Working at Oscorp having a stupid spider glider? you know what i mean yeah. calling norman osborne on the phone saying i'm going to die from vulture vulture is an old man how are you gonna get two pieced up by vulture bro how you're spider-man how are you losing to vulture bro how oh my god norman he's gonna kill me i'm gonna die do you hear me i'm gonna die you're spider-man You've been doing this since you were 15 years old and you still can't figure it out? That's what I'm saying. At some point, you're not relatable anymore. You just become a loser. And that's what they have made Spider-Man in the comics. He's a freaking loser. I don't read Amazing Spider-Man comics right now, bro. I don't. In He's the, an inept loser. In the small part of your face, I can see through the hole in the mask. I can see how angry you are. <laughs> bro, because it's like, it's like because Spider-Man is a dude. When he was 15 years old, he lifted a whole freaking, like, you know, building off of him if it be my destiny to prevent the death of Aunt May and now he's calling Norman Osborn the guy who freaking murdered his first love for help how is that character progression I'm not talking about subverting fan expectations I'm not saying they can't work together like it would make sense if Peter and Norman worked together against a villain that's way more dangerous and evil than both of them and for example I think that's Kingpin you know what I mean like like to me like hot take I just don't like the overindulgence of the Osborns and Spider-Man. Like, that was great. It was done. Let's move on for that. Let's go back to organized crime. Like, Spider-Man is a crime street-level hero. Let's have him go up against the mob. Like, that's when Spider-Man is really cooking, which needs to happen in Spider-Man 4, but that's a whole other thing. But, no, I mean, it would make sense. Like, imagine if Kingpin realizes weapons don't make 
much what you know finances anymore so let me get into the superhero business he gets oh. his hands like imagine if kingpin got his hands on the carnage symbiote or something you know what i'm saying not the venom symbiote but the carnage symbiote you know what i mean maybe maybe you know like peter promised vanessa you know like i, I won't make I'll, you know you get locked away in jail or something and i won't let Ven vanessa you know get exposed but then somehow some way vanessa does get exposed so then kingpin is on one you know he's super pissed so maybe he gets his hands on the carnage symbiote and maybe he's like you know what i want to run this town so oscorp's got to go you know because fisk enterprises and oscorp have a lot of business dealings maybe he wants to get in on that and he's like now you got to go mm -hmm. so then you have norman osborne green goblin and peter parker spider-man both of their roles are getting attacked it, we have to take out the kingpin because now maybe he's running for mayor maybe he's running for president we can't have that you know so we ha he has to go so in that instance it makes sense green goblin and spider-man going up against a carnage level symbiote who is controlled by kingpin hell yeah, yeah. give me that that makes sense but how does a dude who's always you know in stories he's so smart he's such a brilliant scientist how can he still not find financial avenues to pay his fucking rent? You're telling me he could figure out how to make web cartridges out of trash bags, but he can't figure out how to make a side hustle to pay his rent? And he's been doing this since he was 15, 16 years old, and he still can't figure it out? Again, like you said, because he is so famous and so successful and you want to trade on familiarity to keep bringing in that audience you destroy his character progression so what mm. once again at some point instead of being relatable you just become a loser because because you can still can't figure it out you're so smart and you still can't figure it out and the, the the writers they still can't figure it out they say like like it's ridiculous bro like how how does a dude who his his girlfriend was murdered by Green Goblin. Yeah. Not only does he want to work for him now, he's calling that motherfucker and he's like, oh my God, he's got to kill me. Norman, help me out. He's got to kill me. Bro. He has his phone number saved. How? <laughs> How? How does that make any sense? And listen, listen, bro. I know what people are going to say, oh, well, you know, the Sin Eater, he actually absorbed all of Norman's sins, so he's good now. And, you know, you can't, bro. That you know makes what? no sense. First of all, that's a stupid ass arc. Yeah, this is Spider Man, not Doctor Strange Man. You know, this is Spider Man. That's number one. And then number two, even if that was the case, Peter Parker would still not want to affiliate himself with him. Mm -hmm. He would be like, it's on site if I see you, but if it isn't, then, then fuck off. Like, that would be the energy Peter Parker's on because he still murdered his girlfriend. How can you, as Marvel Comics, how can you say the death of Gwen Stacy is such a huge monumental event if you don't even show it the respect that it that it deserves in the character progression of the characters decades later? You don't honor that event when you just destroy it and throw it away. And I don't even think Gwen Stacy is that great of a character. Barry mm -hmm. Jane is his true love. I'm not even a Gwen Stacy fan, bro. But she was murdered in cold blood because Peter wasn't prepared to handle the situation. That's what the that, that, that's the part of the story. You throw that away when you have Peter Parker work with the motherfucker that killed his girl. That doesn't make any sense. Peter Parker making a deal with Mephisto to save Aunt May doesn't make sense. Peter Parker is the dude who won't trust Kingpin, but he'll trust a freaking devil? Yeah. <laughs> How does that make sense? And you sacrifice Mayday Parker, and then the editorial somehow, some way thinks that 
people don't want to see Peter grow. People don't want to see him develop. People don't want to see, you know, we're just going to keep him as this character. And then across the Spider-Verse, they show Mayday Parker. The trailer blows up. All the Twitter uh, reacts and everything. They talk more about that than they did about Miles. Yeah, they did. They did. And it's Miles' movie. And they still don't see it. Bro, they, 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 like me, they must only have one eye, bro. They still can't <laughs> see it, bro. Like, I don't get it, bro. I don't get it, man. Like, I agree with you. The only thing that they've done with Superior Spider-Man, maybe that is iconic in this new era. Some of Dan Slott's, uh, you know, single-issue runs, you know, um, I forget the artist, but some of his single-issue runs where it was just a one-off story every time. Yeah. Um, like, like a Good Luck, I think it was one one-off issue. Um where he, you know, Peter Parker had the Chinese, uh, you know, uh, fortune cookie, and he said, you're going to have a good day today, and it showed him helping people, and it was just a one-off issue. It was a feel-good issue, and he met John Jameson, Joey J. Jameson's dad in that issue. Um, yes. Stuff like that is cool. Yeah, give me more of that. But Peter Parker is a street-level hero. He is. The he best, should be growing. The best, the best bits about Spider-Man are the street-level stuff. Like, the, the stuff with um oh what what was the yeah was was it the what was the name of the soul the soul person guy what they had some was that the same guy who was harry osborne in that weird outfit which one that it was i think it was a recent one where he teamed up with oh, Norman. Yeah, 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 what yeah. was what was he called um not not sin either uh the, the dude with the skeleton looking yeah that was um, so weird nick spencer's run i'm just having a brain fart right now it was towards the end of his run wasn't it yeah, yeah, and he had the centipedes and everything. Yeah, I, I forget. But we'll, we'll, uh, put, we'll was put Harry the name Osborne. up on screen. It was Harry Osborn. It was Harry Osborn. Like Osborne. dead Harry Osborn. Yes. What the? F- like because because they're saying Peter had a lot of sin because he he ignored people while he was Spider Man and that resulted in other people ruining their life. Yeah, I was a little fun. And again, <laughs> like, why is Marvel editorial hell bent on making Peter Parker's life like? hellish like mm-hmm. no matter what something bad's gonna happen like bro at some point i'm tapping out yeah like bro at some point i'm saying yo new york you're on your own bro like i've helped you guys out for so much time and you guys still throwing shit my way like no you're on your own see ya jay jonah jameson i'm just gonna deliver pizzas and it's spider-man delivery fee give me 100 bucks as a tip that's what i'm doing for my career bro i am done being a hero because the point of a hero is to help people but at some point you gotta enjoy your life too yeah <laughs> And Peter Parker's life sucks. That is what, I don't want to say his name, but that one Twitter account that was making that Ku Klux Klan Spider-Man movie, we all know who it is. That's the energy that he was on. Yeah, That was the energy that he was on, that Peter Parker's life always suffers. And again, if you read the Stan Lee issue, if you read the Roger Stern omnibus, if you read Peter David's run, if you read the John Romita Jr. and the senior runs, if you read J. Michael Straczynski, that is not the case. Peter Parker finds happiness in the small victories, and that genuinely makes his day because he's a pure person. He is not the self-hating nihilistic asshole. Yeah. Whose life always sucks. Like I said, this is Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, the Batman edition. Like, no. So that's just my rant, bro. bro. So to kind of segue into the across the Spider-Verse, I really like how they're commenting. On how the other spider people said spider-man is a sacrifice you have to lose people it sucks and miles yeah. is like yeah no no you can do both you can have fun and 
I really hope they show that and I really hope they're creative with it because I'm tired of the self-hating nihilistic Zack mm. Snyder-esque version of Spider-Man bro I hate that I hate that so much from the trailer are we in agreement it looks like it's his dad who's the one who might die I think there's one shot in the trailer where he's he's diving to catch his dad and it's only in there for like two seconds oh that might that might be to make us think one way then they're going to take us another way but is it his dad might be in danger of death. I'm trying to think. I mean, I truly think this movie is going to be super unpredictable because of the amount of work that they put in. Yeah. I think if his dad were to die, I mean, wouldn't that just be Uncle Aaron all over again? Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be more interesting if his dad became the spy. Oh. Like, like kind of like a Joker situation, you know, like Bruce Wayne or J- Batman stopping the Red Hood and his actions create mm. Joker. Yeah. Miles trying to save his parents instead of getting them killed actually turns them into supervillains that just turn the multiverse. Hence, Miguel O'Hara saying, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm. Oh, um, I had an idea about Miguel O'Hara. So do you think this whole spider... Uh... What are we call it is the whole the the, the place, spider army the spider or the lobby the spider lobby. <laughs> yeah. Has he? Is that something that he's he's gone to the different multiverses and contacted all these Spider Men since the first film? Is that what yes. he's been doing in the time since? Oh, that yeah. is, that's okay. Uh, I was just curious about that because otherwise, why didn't we see that in the post credit scene? But yeah, okay. I just yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah. Spider society. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, like, how Moreland might tie into it is because we have never had a story where you have the Spider-Verse and you don't have Moreland. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all, maybe the 90s animated cartoon, because that was before that, but before Moreland in the comics, but Moreland, listen, man, Moreland is a rated R villain. I mean, in the comics, he literally plucked Peter's eye out and ate it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, he he he... At one point, he killed Peter Parker, but, you know, the mystical, you know how they don't actually ever truly die. But he put in the work, and he died, you know? Yeah. Um, so so Moreland, you know, after Peter beat him the first time, Moreland came back around. He was like, that radiation crap isn't going to work again. Because this is the only spider person that whooped his ass, you know? So um, he was pretty mad about that. So he actually, he killed Peter, but Peter came back. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think Moreland could tie into this story um, simply because... That has been the pattern. When you have Spider-Verse, you have Moreland. Um, and I think it's a nice way to kind of subvert the expectation. Um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, because Moreland has always been a Peter villain. Now having Moreland go up against Miles, that's fresh. Like seeing King Ken go up against Miles, that's fresh. But I don't think you need Moreland here. And I if he wasn't in this movie, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you know. I think it'd be all right, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, look out for a Moreland Kim. Maybe he's in Beyond the Spider-Verse. But I would be pretty shocked if Moreland isn't in the saga at all. So that's something to look out for, guys. Moreland is probably going to be, be a factor here. Um, but let me ask you a question, man. Like, how do you think Miguel O'Hara kind of fits into all of this in terms of the narratives? Um, yeah, I, I do think he'll, he'll be sort of the main antagonist of the film. Um, I'm so looking forward to seeing 
the part that we've seen in, in but I think both the trails so far where he's chasing Miles throughout the multiverse yeah. with that that look on his face like he just wants to kill him. Yeah. Um and with is it it's Oscar Isaac doing the voice acting, isn't it? Yep. His performance is you know already know that's gonna be exceptional. Um so that that chase scene throughout the multiverse I'm really looking forward to. Um but throughout in terms of like his narrative through the whole film uh i don't really know what to expect and because of how good the first one was and because of this idea they've presented so far for the second one i don't i'm happy just i'm happy to trust them if you know what i mean yeah i'm, I'm yeah I, I don't really feel that's a good point yeah. apprehensive about it I'm, I'm i'm i feel quite at, at ease about it um so, which is, you know, different to creative decisions in other things we've been talking about recently. <laughs> 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 um, so I yeah, hate I, Vince McMahon. Yeah, fuck Vince McMahon. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we won't get distracted by that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm trusting them to, to do something, you know, interesting with it. And I, I haven't really got much... Um, exposure to Miguel O'Hara apart from Spider-Man Edge of Time which um, mm. incredible video game absolutely incredible video game so um, in that he, Peter sort of coaches him through a few things as well and then he teaches te- teaches Peter a few things so I've never uh, seen him in this type of role where he's like a proper leader before so I don't really know what to expect, but I'm trusting that they're going to deliver. So, bro, like, Miguel O'Hara is one of the coolest Spider people ever. You know <laughs> what I mean? So so to those who don't know Spider-Man 2099, in the year 2099, Miguel O'Hara was a geneticist who worked for Optimix, right? Their that universes, or that timeline's Oscorp, okay? And pretty much Miguel O'Hara, he wants to, re, uh, he wants to recreate the genetic uh, genome that created the 2000 Spider-Man, right? Peter Parker. Um, and he went, while he's doing that, he realizes there's a lot of illegal illicit activity happening in Alchemist. Specifically, there's a drug, a genetic drug that uh, attaches literally to your DNA sequence and it gets you really high pretty much. And um, he, he, when he discovers a lot of their illegal activities, the higher ups, they give him that drug. So his DNA is laced. And they're like, well, now you can never leave. You get high and you work for us. But if you try to leave, that drug is in your system you're going to get arrested. You get what I'm saying? So then Miguel O'Hara is like, screw it. Now's the time to see if that Spider-Man genetic genome will work. His thinking is, I'm going to erase my genome and replace it with the spider to try to see if that'll give me the powers of Peter Parker. And also as a way to get back at them because Miguel O'Hara is way more Batman-esque than Peter Parker was. Miguel O'Hara is willing to kill people. Miguel O'Hara is willing to torture. Miguel O'Hara is willing to intimidate. Like, he, he does not mess around. And... He, he, um, so I'll get to his powers in a bit. So he erases his genetic code and he gets a spider code and it works, but it works a bit too well. So, for example, his eyes are red. Mm. Now, people were saying, Oh, is he mind controlled? No, his eyes are always red because his eyes become super sensitive to light. So, when he's indoors, he always, or when he's outdoors or when he's around bright lights, he typically always wears sunglasses. And, um, he never takes his eyes off because they're glowing red you know and typically it's dark you know when it's completely dark he'll have them off 
Um, yeah. But his eyes are super sensitive to, to to light. But because of that, he can see completely in the dark and he can zoom in and zoom out like an eagle and, and stuff like that. And so his his vision is super sharp. His his uh, hearing is super sharp. Like think Daredevil, like like it's like that. Um, he doesn't have adhesive abilities. He has claws coming out of his hands, like we saw, and he literally just puts them into the wall, and that's how he climbs up and stuff like that. Um, he he has web spinnerets, like bioelectric or bio like web, and uh, so he can just go like that, and it shoots out of here. Um, he 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 can glide a bit. And that's mm -hmm. his suit. So his suit is actually made of the unstable molecule, uh, unstable molecules that the Fantastic Four use in their suit. Okay. So he used he used that he he created a Dio de los Muertos inspired Spider Man suit, um, and he moves faster than any other Spider Person. He is I would argue the fastest Spider Person per speed per web swinging reaction time, but he has no Spider Sense. Okay. So because he has no Spider Sense, all of his other senses are dialed to eleven and. Uh, to quote this guy and um <laughs> so uh yeah he's that dude and he's willing to kill people but the, the most important power i would argue is he has fangs which we also saw in the trailer that are full of venom so he will bite you in the neck inject you with venom like dracula and you're paralyzed and there ain't nothing you can do and so he's very much he peter puts the man in spider-man miguel O'Hara puts the spider in spider-man okay that's the dichotomy so I'm really interested in Across the Spider-Verse because they're going all in on that. Mm -hmm. Now, in the comics, he didn't have a kid. Not that I'm aware of. He didn't have a family. He was a bachelor. They showed, you know, when he's going like, no puedo, no puedo, like, you know, and he sees like Miguel had a kid. Maybe he lost his kid and that took him down the route of Spider-Man, which, again, like a message of you'll have to lose somebody to be Spider-Man, which ties into why i really love into the spider-verse because it breaks that to be spider-man you just have to believe in yourself and you need people who love you like the the, the when, when his dad talked to miles right when miles dad talked to him and miles was all webbed up in his room and his dad thought he just didn't want to talk to him his dad could have just been the toxic dad and been like okay well screw you i don't want to talk to you either you know yeah said he was like you have this spark in you like you have creativity you have so much joy in the universe you have so much exuberant energy and whatever you do with it like i'm always gonna love you and that's all miles needed he didn't need somebody to die he needed somebody to believe in him he needed positivity that's what i'm saying peter parker you know philosophically is kind of like an, a, a pessimistic character right because it, it the character argues you have to have something negative happen to you for you to do great things and to into the, the spider-verse breaks that into the Spider-Verse says anybody can wear the mask and you don't need negativity. You just need people who believe in you. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. And it's a positive message about life too. And Miles breaks that toxic trope of spider people, which I think will kind of be explored more in Across the Spider-Verse. I, I think the fact that Miles doesn't need to suffer that much as the other spider people and he's still better than a lot of them, I think that probably pisses a lot of Spider-Men off. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, like Roy Keane doesn't, bitch and mo doesn't stop bitching and moaning about the new players. He's like, well, in my day, this was this in my day. Yeah, well, it isn't your day, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. isn't your day. You know, so, so, it's, so like, it's like it's like Bret Hart as well talking about um all these people slapping the legs when they're doing super kicks. Yeah. It's changed. The game's changed. Yeah. So yeah. imagine if you're like, bro, imagine if you're Spider-Man, right? So Ollie Johnson, you're Spider-Man, you had a tough life growing up. You tried your best to do it. Just had a tough life. Then your spider protege is 
faster, stronger, smarter, more popular, and has a less tougher time. And they're more athletically gifted. And they don't suffer as much as you do, and they're more successful. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you kind of be like, what the hell? I'd be jealous. Maybe that's a character they go with. Mm-hmm. Because Miles says Spider-Man can do both. And the other people are like, no, no, no. But you don't know. You haven't tried it. Yeah. Miles has. So there's a lot of deep commentary on the Spider-Man discourse that this movie, I think, is alluding to that I'm so, so happy about. It's it's also a wider commentary on, like, people who, people who have suffered a lot, people who have been through trauma. They don't let themselves be happy because they're just scared they'll get hurt again and again and again. So they cut themselves off from being happy. And that seems to be what every single Spider-Man, what's happening to every single Spider-Man in in this universe now, um, which is quite an emotional aspect about it, an emotional way to go with it. But I'm I'm, I'm all for that. And I agree, man. And, And, you know, I think it's brilliant. Like I had chills in this line of the trailer. I think it was kind of brilliantly surmised how Miles was going to break that toxic cycle. Mm-hmm. When he says, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. This is this is the character of Miles Morales, man. Miles Morales is such a brilliant character, bro. Like Brian Michael Bendis was in his bag when he created his character. And shout out Cleveland, Ohio. Me and Brian were both from Cleveland, Ohio. So <laughs> shout out Cleveland, Ohio. You know, Brian Michael Bendis is from here. So shout out. Thank you, sir, for creating my favorite Spider-Man. But that's what I love. The concept that Miles into the spider-verse you know peter parker is the legend so to give a sports analogy right he is the ronaldo he is the messi he is the michael jordan he is the kobe Bryant, right yeah um he's already been there done that revisiting his story is boring at this point what's more interesting is how do you even attempt to match that legend and that is what makes Miles so relatable. It isn't the fact that his life sucks. It's the fact that he's chasing greatness. With great power comes great responsibility for Miles Morales doesn't mean people's life sucks. He has to help him. With great power comes great responsibility to Miles means you have a responsibility to uplift everybody around you and yourself. Mm-hmm. It's inherently more positive. That's what the character is all about. You know what I mean? And Great power comes great responsibility. Can it be interpreted in so many different ways? I mean, Otto interpreted it in a rather dark way at the end of Spider-Man PS4. But Miles, he 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 could break that toxic cycle. Like, so how do you even hope to meet that legend? Especially when the Spider-Man of his universe said, Promise me you'll do this. And Miles says, I promise. And then he can't do it. And he's like struggling. And he needs his dad to say, I love you. I believe in you. And that's such a deep theme. Like, imagine. Not to go deep here imagine how much more people's mental health and their family lives and their interactions with people would be affected positively if the people that they looked at growing up to to protect them to love them you know if they uplifted them instead of saying well this won't work or that won't work what if this happens what if that happens imagine how much more people could contribute to the world if they had a pat and a hug on the back from their parents and we're like we believe you we don't know your path we can't walk your path but we want to watch it mm-hmm. that's the character miles morales that's what makes him tick and that's what the movies have got brilliantly that's what the game got brilliantly and that's what the brian michael bendis run got brilliantly i i would argue there is no bad miles comics i think there's a lot of forgettable ones 
but it's forgettable but brilliant. So there's forgettable and then there's brilliant. Yeah. There isn't really a bad Miles run. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, I think like that that's the brilliance of Miles and into the Spider-Verse is Peter is the legend. How do you even hope to meet that? You meet that by just taking a leap of faith. You won't always succeed. But bro, if you're going to do anything in life, you're going to fall. You have to go for it. I mean, bro, even our podcast, we've been talking about it. It's been just for months. And now we're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're making great strides doing it too. Like, let's give ourselves on the pat on the back, bro. 4,000 views on TikTok. <laughs> right. Exactly what I'm saying. And that is Miles Morales' journey. You don't know what's going to happen, but it's a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be successful in this life and you want to be happy in this life, you need people who believe that too. You need people who are willing to support you to take that leap of faith. You can't have people who are scared of the you know unknown all the time. That's just going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. And that is what I love about Miles Morales because he's always about breaking that toxic cycle. He's always about pushing forward as a character. He's always about how do I help the people around me and how do I be my own self thinker for example the 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 norm the convention what you know and across the spider verse as a spider person is you need to sacrifice somebody miles is saying now nah, I'm gonna do my own thing I'm gonna prove to you you don't always have to do that and it's it's scary you don't know what's gonna happen he might fail he might succeed there might be some unforeseen consequences who knows but the point is he's willing to go for it that is what makes legends to go for it yeah that's what I love about this character. This this really has the potential to be like an absolutely iconic Spider-Man story. Like not not just in film, but in the whole the whole everything, the comics, games, films, everything. This could be a really iconic Spider-Man story. I I hope to God. I mean, into the Spider-Verse already is. Yeah, yeah, true. You know? Absolutely. And you know what also makes this iconic? The freaking art. Mm-hmm. Can like, see it behind me. Like, like that's imagine if this was just like a like a, I'm not dissing them, but imagine if it was just like Pixar animation or just like a regular 2D animation. Would, would it hit the same at all? Would it? It's the fact that it takes homages from the comics, bro. That's what makes it so brilliant. It's the fact that they know their audience, which again, I really hope Marvel editorial did too. But that's a whole other topic. But I think that you know. And they know their audience and this changes the game because like you know that's why i love comic books it's the art is nice to look at this is nice to look at too bro and i love like the you know the kind of like the chicken run type of animation speed you know where it's not like uh you know like the frames per second is a bit slow that's what i'm trying to say yeah um, that that's really good i love the new suit bro that i know a lot of people are hating on it to me it looks fresh to me it looks like if you're a basketball player if you're a hooper if you're an athletic person this is how you would make a spider-man suit yeah absolutely so i think it's fire there there is nothing that i can see about this movie that i'd like oh my god that's not gonna work you know and then also Mm -hmm. look at your panel look look at your you know background you have you know spectacular spider-man there oh i'll get out the way (laughs) you have you have uh you know Spider-Man Unlimited there, right? You have Bagman. You have Renew Your Vows, Mary Jane. You have Spider-Man PS4, you know? You know, you have all of the... You have, uh, you know, I already said Bagman. Uh, You have Spider-Carnage. You know, you have Wolf Spider. But here's a question for you. In the universe, they've shown there's a ton of Peter Parker's, a ton of Gwen Stacy's. 
and across the Spider-Verse, are we going to see another Miles Morales? Oh, I'd love to. One one thing that, that I've been thinking about, though, how much of, of stuff like that, how much reveals will they save for uh, beyond the Spider-Verse? Because there was meant to be a, t- a two-parter originally, wasn't it? It's meant yeah. to be across the Spider-Verse part one and two. Yep. Um, so I could maybe see that happening maybe at the end or maybe in a post-credit scene and that be a big part of the next one. Oh, I know. Because I know they, they were meant to be a two-parter. So, uh, yeah, go on. Tell me how you think it's going to end. Across the Spider-Verse, the main villain's got to be Salim. Okay. If you don't know who Salim is, if the guys don't know who Salim is, Salim is an evil clone of Miles Morales. So there's a villain... Um, <laughs> And the and the Saladin Ahmed run uh, of Miles Morales, the run is does push the character forward. Like he has a new sister, Billy Morales. Um, you know he has new relationships, and then he has new villains like the Assessor. Um, he's an AI who literally captures Miles and does a lot of experiments on him and stuff like that. Hence, creating the clones from his DNA. Um, but I think a lot of like the execution of the story arcs themselves, it, it's more like a lot of really good stuff. If it was on a beat sheet, but the actual implementation can be kind of forgettable, but it, it pushes the character forward and there's some fun moments. And, and I really like how they made Miles a bit more serious character. So, so I will appreciate that. Um, I, I really like the slot and I would run, but I, I just kind of wish there's just something missing is what I'm saying. There's something missing there. The pizzazz is missing, but that's just neither here or there. But in that run, Salim is a clone of Miles who looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Okay, literally exactly like him, but he's British. So right. like, there, there's like a pun. There's a pun like where Peter helps Miles against Salim, and Peter's like, "So who are you? Like Kilometer Morales, you know?" And so that's how you know. Oh, he's British, you know. Um, that was brilliant. Yeah. So Salim, yeah. So he's 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 a villain. He's willing to kill people, and he's a psychopathic, like dark villain. Like to give in uh, the best way to put him, he's like Khan from Star Trek. Okay. Like you can't trust him. Okay. Um, but that he was not the only clone made by Miles. So there's another clone, um, Spinneret, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like a he's like a blend between spider, a spider and a man. So he's got like eight arms, he's got like fangs, and he's uh, no, he doesn't have fangs, excuse me, he has eight eyes, and he has like these mind psionic powers that like overwhelm your spider sense and stuff like that. And then there's a third uh, clone, I forget his name, but Miles ends up adopting him and he's a part of the Morales family because he's a good guy. He's a really nice guy. He's like a Hagrid size, like Harry Potter, like he's eight foot tall. Um, he has like a bit of cancerous, like tumors on his neck and stuff, but he doesn't have cancer. It's a, he can shape shift. So that's his thing. Oh, his name is Shift. His name is Shift. Um, and so he becomes Miles's little brother. And uh he becomes a part of the Morales family and his parents are like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, hell yeah. Like typically in Sorex, you would see, oh my God, what is that freak? Instead, the parents are like, okay, welcome to the family. You want some pizza? And Shift is like, you guys accept me? And they're like, yeah, like, you want to play video games? Like, that's what I loved <laughs> about, about the run. Um, so yeah, so, but Salim, so Spinner, 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 I forget the name. He ended up dying in the battle between Miles and Salim. Because they pretty much it was a Roman Reigns Jay Uso situation. Like literally, Salim was manipulating Shift and Spinner. And they didn't actually want to kill Miles. But Salim was like, he's the original. We have to take him out. How dare he, you know, you know, how dare he exist? And we're superior than him. Like Salim was a psychopath. 
So I think it would be interesting. And he's a multiversal villain because in the run, like in the Son of the run, there's a universe where he kidnaps Peter Parker, drains him of his DNA. So Peter Parker's like 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Salim is immortal. And uh, he's taken over the world under his spider empire. So he doesn't have a Spider-Man suit. He has like a spider armor that's kind of Roman empire inspired. Okay. And um, he uses a spider logo to terrorize people. So when Miles and Shift join this universe, you know, it's a multiversal story. And that's another thing. Miles needs to get away from the multiverse. After a, Beyond the Spider-Verse, bro, I don't want to see Miles in a multiversal story. Like we've been there, done that. But he's in this and people are scared of Miles because they're like, you're Salim, you're Salim. And Miles is like, I'm not Salim. I hate Salim. He's here. You know, I hate mm-hmm. Salim, you know? Um, and Salim literally uses Miles's iconic black and red spider suit oh. to torture people. So that's why in the comics, Miles gets a new hoodie suit. Oh, right, okay. So I think it would be cool if... Uh, at first, I thought it would be a cool theory if Miles is, uh, you know, another Miles Morales is Spot. But I think Spot is connected to his universe somehow, some way. Um, but I think in Beyond the Spider-Verse, Salim or Morlin should be the main villain. I think that'd be really cool. So do you see Beyond the Spider-Verse being the end of all the multiverse stuff then? I hope so. And I think so. With that, do you do you see that being the end of this iteration of Miles, or do you want to see you so you want to see more of him after this, do you? Like this version. That's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Would I sacrifice if his story is wrapped up, I don't think we need to push it more. Okay. I know Shamik Moore. It would be cool if somehow, some way, this Miles Morales is in the MCU somehow through the contractual obligations of Sony and Marvel. Okay. You know, so Shamik Moore is live action in the MCU. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think I think that takes away from the character growth of Peter Parker, though. You know, I've, I've always said Spider-Man for Peter's low on rent. He needs to help out a family. The Morales family hires him to be a tutor for their son, Miles. Oh, I, yes. I like that. I, like I that. think that's just such an easy, organic way to do it, you know? And you don't have to have Miles get bit by the spider anytime soon. Yeah. You don't have to at all. You could, like, have it like a, you know, like a WWE, you know, dominant mysterious situation he wasn't on the main event until he got his character development right same thing here maybe miles and spider-man you know in the in the you know next trilogy of tom Holland's spider-man sagas maybe he's been by spider spider-man 5 maybe spider-man 6 you know maybe an avengers movie who knows but i think it's important that we resonate with the character of miles before he's bit by the spider that way when he is bit by the spider there's this huge hell yeah moment Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, it, the, like, like the game did yeah yeah like we were introduced to Mars before he was bit like that was yeah, awesome exactly yeah and then and it, if, was, was it, the, it was like right at the end it wasn't the post the post credit scene he showed Peter the powers it was like right at the end of the game wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and you could you could like there's so much you could do with that like you could you could literally have Miles um have a different perspective and how Peter views life, right? So maybe Peter views himself as like, oh, he hates himself. Maybe maybe the reason why the Morales family hires Peter to be their tutor because Miles is sick. Mm. So you combine the kid who collects Spider-Man with Miles Morales. So in the oh. comic book, yeah, so those who aren't familiar, in the comic book, Peter visits a, a cancer hospital, but you don't know it's a cancer hospital until the end of the issue. Um, he visits a cancer hospital and he visits a terminal fan who's going to die and he 
reveals himself to be Peter Parker, and it's very hard. It's very hard to read because it's so good. Um, it'll it'll break your heart. What if they combine that here? Maybe Miles is terminal in the MCU. You know what I'm saying? He's you know he can't go to school. You know, um, if you want to make it relevant to modern times, maybe he has COVID nineteen because a lot of the black population was hit really hard, and a lot of the American healthcare system screwed them over. Um, so maybe you know he's sick at home. You know what I mean? The Morales family just needs to hire somebody so you know to help uh, help keep up with the school because a part of them they don't want to just give up on him, so they're going to continue to put him through school or something like that. They hire Peter Parker, and Peter Parker finds like a similarity with Miles. Miles is fighting for his life. Peter Parker's trying to gain his life back. So you know, Peter, because of his relationship through Miles, Peter kind of grows, and he becomes better for it. And you can have an age gap. Right, like Peter's what maybe what 18, 19. Miles can still be eleven or twelve. Mm -hmm. You okay. you don't need to make him Spider Man immediately, but that way you combine an iconic story while bringing in a new character that you know might be here. That way, when he is Spider Man and he is the main Spider Man and Peter is retired or killed or whatever, there's an element of Miles has earned it. Yeah. So that that's how I would do that for the MCU. I wouldn't have Shamik more just live action in there. Um, and especially in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, you know, uh, Donald Glover's character, right? Aaron Davis said, I have a nephew that lives in Queens. So he would probably be yeah. two, three years old. He'd be two, three years old at the end of, at the beginning of Homecoming or by the time of Homecoming. So I think it's a way to be full circle. And if they were to put Scorpion in there too, it truly is full circle moment. You know, maybe Scorpion attacks the Morales family. You know what I mean? Oh, um, okay. and, then, and then maybe Peter has to give his blood to Miles. And then over the years, as Miles is going through puberty, his powers start to develop. So maybe he doesn't get his powers initially but because of the blood that peter gives him maybe through an attack of scorpion you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying through puberty he starts to develop more and more organic powers maybe by electricity there's a lot you could do with that but that's how i would do miles in the in the mcu i mean it, there's just a lot of spider-man discourse that across the spider-verse that ties into sony's involvement with the other spider-man projects that i'm very excited about um i just want to say this real quick to those fans of spectacular spider-man who is anticipating oh my god spectacular spider-man is back bro he's going to be in the background mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like i would not expect a lot of cameos in this movie even though it's across the spider-verse um but one thing i really hope that they do well spider-man india spider-man india bro like that if you guys look at you know and not to be that person but if you guys look at the original spider-man india costume to me it's really lazy and kind of racist because it's stereotypical you just you have you have a you know like uh you know the the I, I, my my parents are gonna hate me because i don't know the name of the pants but i wear them all the time but uh you know like the indian pants it's just a, a spider-man show oh shalwar kameez yeah so so you have a spider-man shalwar kameez so you have the spider-man suit but it looks like one of those scorpions you would wear at a wedding and then just the oh, white I pants you know, yeah. to me, that's lazy. That's mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's racist because I, I think an Indian person wrote it. I, I'm pretty sure. So to me, it's lazy more than anything. And it's stupid as hell. Like you would not be wearing that if you're Spider-Man because you need tight clothing. If it's yeah. loose, you're going to get caught up in webs and you're, it's just bad. Like I just didn't really like it. It wasn't original. It wasn't inspiring. But this new Spider-Man India design, I mean, they're in Mumbatan, right? Like Mumbai and Manhattan, that's what it's called. It's Mumbatan. Um, that Spider-Man India design looks fresh. It looks fresh. You have the red, you have the purple, you have the hair out, you know what I mean? Uh, you have the lenses, you know, it's very Indian inspired. You have like the, you know, like a, 
the bangles you know what i mean like uh you know you have a real indian actor playing it you have like the blue webs like it just looks like some they took their time with if spider-man existed in south asia how would he look like and red is a huge color in our cultures pakistani and indian i'm pakistani for those who don't know but red is a huge color like that is the color um just like spider-man so having red was iconic but having blue in there instead of the black webs but like blue it, it's just like our color our culture when it comes to clothing is very vibrant and very colorful so this costume play, pays homage to that and the fact that you have the hair out that is fresh that's that's i love that yeah um so i really hope that's just one thing i really hope from across the spider-verse i really hope that uh spider-man india i hope i hope he's not called spider-man i hope he's called something specific to his culture you know what i mean um but if he was called spider-man i wouldn't care that much um that's just me being you know i hope that happens but i'm really excited for spider-man india bro like you know even though i'm not indian i am south asian and pakistan came from india so i'm very excited about that character and i'm that that's who i'm going to dress up for for across the spider-verse is, is spider-man india yeah 100 i just need to grow out that hair Maybe I can borrow, you know, you know, maybe I, I got some bad, you know, Kratos hair happening right now, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out later, you know, but I will yeah. definitely, I will definitely uh, cosplay as Spider-Man India. That'll be dope. Oh yeah, that'll be amazing. And we haven't even talked about Daniel Kaluuya being Spider-Punk. What? Yeah. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. such a talented guy. Like he he's have you heard of the TV show called Skins? No. Uh it's, it's like a it's like a British TV show. It's it's really sort of um like kids kids. It's about kids in in college or sixth form over here, which is like sixteen to eighteen, and um, like taking drugs, doing all this stuff. Um, and he was I think he was about sixteen seventeen years old when he started in it. He also wrote and I think even maybe even directed some of the episodes at that age and wow. the, the, some of the best episodes in the series. Um, so yeah, he's so talented. So I'm very very excited about that. Yeah, no, and, and the so happy to learn that. <laughs> the animation style, like when he's going with the guitar and the sound, the music, you know, the acoustic notes, <laughs> they like rip across the page, and it's like a paper ripping to a newspaper, like. I don't know how to describe it, but it, it looks so, so fresh. It's a raving Spider-Woman. You know, yes, it's cool. Yes. I think the one thing I hope Across the Spider-Verse doesn't do is kind of put Peter B. Parker in the backseat. And I still want him to be a major part of the story. Mm. And yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, Miles and Gwen dating because that's happened so much. Um, but if they do it, I just hope it is heartwarming instead of predictable. You know, I, I think the dynamic between Peter B. Parker and Miles is going to be really interesting because it seems like Peter B. Parker sort of um, knew that uh, Miguel was going to present Miles with this sort of ultimatum. Because yeah. Miles is like, oh, you knew you were in on it, and then maybe they fall out. That whole dynamic is going to be really interesting to explore because he saw him as like, um, you know, an older brother and. And stuff like he was teaching him how to be Spider-Man. And if he turned on him, well, not turned on him, but sort of uh, did something without telling him, that could hurt Miles. Do you think, Um, I think it would be really cool if Peter visited the people that his Peter Parker, right? The blonde Peter Parker. That oh, yeah. Had. It'd be interesting if Miles visited his loved ones for support during this. 
Okay. I, I don't want to forget that version of Spider-Man because that version of Spider-Man was the Spider-Man that made it. Yeah. So so it would be cool to like have Miles pull from the Spider-Man of his own universe rather than continuously going to the multiverse for that. Um, that's just a me thing. Do you think that they're going to go with the character trope of Miles is trying to do the right thing and does something wrong? Or do you think they're going to go with the trope of he's just in over his head, like he knows what he's trying to do is right, but he's just not capable of it yet? Like, I just really um, hope they don't go with the whole, oh my God, like I was not doing the right thing and ends up not. Like, to me, that's predictable. Yeah. And that's something we've seen before as well. So I think. I think they might lead us down that path, but then um, sort of do something different with it um, and quite surprise us. That's, that's why I think they probably might do, um, which, I'd, which I'd quite like. Uh, I think, I don't know, with, with there being another film that's like kind of a second part to it, it's hard to predict where this one's going to go, I think. That's a good point. Mm. I think... Well, if that, I mean, part one and part two, bro, then part one's got to end like Infinity War part one. Yeah, it's, got, it's got to be a cliffhanger. It's got to be something insane, bro. It's got to be something insane. And, you know, here's a theory that I'm, I'll throw out. Um, I think, uh, actually, no, scratch that. I don't have any theories, bro. I'm not going to let I don't have any theories, bro. I have no theories about this, bro. Like, I'm just very excited about this movie and... The fact that I have no theories just shows how close to the chance that they had this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but if I had to bet my money, I don't think Rio or Jefferson will die in this movie. I think they're going to subvert that expectation. But I think the fact that they don't die is going to play heavily into whatever goes wrong in this movie. So the fact uh, he keeps them alive causes problem like multiversal problems. Potentially, but through ramifications, not directly, right? So I think the spot is a villain of his universe. Okay. I think if they keep that focus as much as possible, Miles versus the spot, and the other stuff playing into it, but the heart of it is Miles versus the spot. Yeah, I think that's probably where they should focus it on because Miles is neighborhood Spider-Man now, right? He's in Brooklyn. That's where his priority should be. Um so I think the fact that Miles, like I could see maybe the other spider people wanting to kill the spot and Miles can't because he's maybe another version of Aaron Davis. Maybe he's, what if they go Ray Skywalker up in this? Like what if the spot truly is an original character that Miles just feels sorry for and he refuses to let him die? You know, like there's a lot that they mm-hmm. can happen, but I think what will make this movie is not the crazy theories or the crazy cameos but I think what will make this movie is the acting and the heart that it has. That's what made Into the Spider-Verse work, and I have no doubt across the Spider-Verse is going to make that happen, too. I completely agree. Yeah, I f- fully trust them. If you, you know, if you had to rate all the Spider-Man movies, including these ones. Wow. Let's do it. Worst to, worst to best. Okay, um, I think, I think I've, got, I've got my ranking in my head already. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Bottom is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Um, Trash. <laughs> then um I, I still I still enjoy all of them. I, I enjoy well, I enjoy most of well parts of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Not most of it. Probably about 20 minutes of it in total. Um 
The next is Spider-Man 3. I think it's great. I still love it. But yeah, the others are just better. After that, I'd go with... This is where it gets tricky. After that, I'd... It's between Amazing Spider-Man 1 and and, uh, Far From Home. Okay. I think, even though I love Far From Home, it's got to be Far From Home there. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then Amazing Spider-Man 1. See, I, I have a real soft spot for the first Amazing Spider-Man because that came out the same year I left primary school and started high school. Okay. Um, so that was at, like a very pivotal moment in my life. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I got a skateboard for Christmas the year before and then Spider-Man around the skateboard. I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that's um, good. You know, so I was little eleven-year-old me loved that. Um, uh, after Amazing Spider-Man, probably <sighs> then probably Spider-Man like two thousand two, like the first Tobey Maguire one. Uh, what have I got left? So I've got left left. I've got Spider-Man two, No Way Home, Spider-Man Home coming into Spider-Verse. Okay. So after Spider-Man 2002, it goes Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Then Spider-Man 2 into into Spider-Verse, Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, all right. Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite, not just my favorite Spider-Man film, it's my favorite film ever. Okay, how before I get into my ranking, how would you address people who say that that movie is not going to age well in a few years? Specifically because there were parts of that script where dialogue was purposefully yes. not used so that people could clap. Well, um, I'm I'm looking right into the camera. Go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, bro. That movie was a cinematic milestone. It was an event, bro. It was like mm-hmm. a WrestleMania. It was like a World Cup final, bro. And the fact that they pulled it off with no spoilers, well, strategic spoilers to, to help market the movie, like that that was brilliantly done, bro. Really oh, it's great. incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I've never I thought I thought when I watched Endgame, I thought that was sort of the peak of um sort of a fandom cinematic experience. No way home just took it to another level completely. Yeah. I agree. No Way Home is way... I, I 100% agree. And we're not just saying that just because we're Spider fans, but literally <laughs> the character progression of Tom Holland's movie is what drives that movie. So anybody who hates No Way Home, you're not a Spider-Man fan, bro. Like, mm. I, I'm not saying you might not have severe criticism of it, but to sit there and truly not have any warmth in your heart when you see that movie, yeah, there's something wrong with you. Like, so... Yeah. Um, yeah and I, and I, the I, fact that they pulled that off in the midst of a pandemic as well, Yes. That, that, that's an incredible achievement. Bro, like, they could have made so much money that they could have bought Arsenal. If it wasn't COVID, <laughs> if it wasn't COVID, bro, they could have, Sony Pictures could have bought Arsenal. Like, you know. You yeah. know, if, if if that film had come out a year or two either side of when it did, and it had been released in China as well, I think it could have been the highest grossing film of all time. Oh, I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. And, it's not just Toby and Andrew, it's the Tom Holland. Tom Holland makes money. Mm, I'm yeah. tired of these Twitter incel virgins who don't get any women who hide <laughs> their faces, you know, on their profile picture, <laughs> constantly complain about the MCU Spider-Man. Like, I 
like I said, I don't think the MCU Spider-Man is perfect. I think there are some key areas that they need to rewrite. I think mm-hmm. that this character needs to have lasting, you know, consequences. Uh, yeah. I don't like the, the the rumors of Spider-Man 4 where Zendaya is going to come back and the memories will be back. Like, to me, uh, even, that, even I will kind of be on the MCU hate train then because I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? Um, but I mean, I the, Tom Holland oozes the the infectious joy of Peter Parker. The only thing he hasn't really shown up until No Way Home was the anger, and I think he showed that yeah. really well in the, in No Way Home. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I think a lot of the hate for the MCU Spider Man is is I think a lot. It's it's just easy to hate on Twitter. It's easy to hate from people who haven't done anything with their life, who aren't getting into the industry, and it's easy to just complain and bitch and moan. I think yeah. it's a lot of yeah. that. Um, and also there was like I said, the the racist Spider-Man organization, the person who has three letters in his name that we won't mention because I hate him. But um, he, yeah, he, he uh, the, the black suit is slowly coming in. Bro. The black suit. Like, <laughs> like, he was uh, single-handedly responsible for so much of the toxic Spidey discourse and the fact that he's gone from the internet. Bye, bye, bozo. We do not miss you. Please don't come back. And your and your fan film sucks. The fan film does not look good. Uh, that's just a that's just a, your fan film sucks that's just a whole other thing but no if i had to rank the spider-man movies um number two amazing spider-man 2 i am sick to death of people saying that far from home is worse than amazing spider-man 2 are you on drugs bro no like far from home is a well structured movie it is a well coherent like it is a coherent movie i won't say it's well written um i don't think it's bad written i think it's a movie like if you were in film school and you just needed to submit a film assignment, you know what I'm saying? It would be far from home. It's not good. It's not bad. It just it's there. But it's a hell of a lot better than Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, and you have a great time watching it as well. It's a fun film. Yeah, it's mm. a fun film. It's fun. Like it's not thought provoking. You're not going to remember it, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to remember Amazing Spider-Man Two because it's dog. It's dog shit. <laughs> think that because andrew garfield's cgi was better which indeed it was his suit was mark bagley inspired which indeed it was and you know the web swinging sequences were way more visceral which indeed it was that somehow that makes a better spider-man movie you need a coherent plot for that too buddy amazing spider-man 2 literally had none of that it is the worst spider-man movie of all freaking time it's and it's that- so disappointing as well because after the first 10 minutes when you watch it for the first time you think Oh, this is gonna be good. Then it's gonna yeah. go downhill. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Like, if you want to talk about Tom Holland Spider-Man not being Spider-Man enough, they had Andrew Garfield throw quips on a truck while people are shooting at him or shooting at civilians. And Spider-Man doesn't take that seriously. He's just making jokes. Oh, don't call me late for dinner. That plot <laughs> sucks. That plot is for that quip doesn't even make sense. And that plot sucks. It's not good. Oh, I need I need the cure. I'm going to die. Oh, but I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Spider-Man, you're a fraud. That is engaging to you? The mm. fact that they had Black Cat in the movie and made her a secretary, that's what's engaging to you? Because uh, Felicity, um, I forget her last name. but she, Is it she jo- a, Jones, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was Felicia Hardy, but she was a freaking secretary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's engaging to you? Are you serious? The Oscorp parent conspiracy theory that they ended up, you know, half-assedly answering in a tunnel secret subway, that's compelling to you? (laughs) 
like I said, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie is a it's 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 a progression from being a boy to a man. You're not gonna see a lot of the dark stuff in Far From Home. I agree with that. But Far From Home gave us a fantastic mysterious sequence, and Far From Home gave us a really fun sequence at the with the drones. You can't tell me that wasn't fun. And the in inclusion of Spider Sense, tell me you didn't have chills in the theater when Peter's just staring and he's like, "There's something here," and you're like, "Finally, oh, they got yeah. Spider Sense back because he didn't have Spider Sense and 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 Homecoming, not really. Now he has it, and it was fully developed in No Way Home. So again, Far From Home, very forgettable. I agree. It's a lot of missed opportunities, but missed opportunities doesn't mean bad. It just means it's missed. It's just average, but average is a hell of a lot better than uh, Peter Parker not even being able to figure out how to make his own web shooters, uh, you know, uh, electro proof. Yeah. You want to talk about Iron Boy Jr.? He's Gwen Boy Jr. He couldn't do shit without <laughs> Gwen Stacy. That's the real reason Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was crying, because he's like, now I'm not going to win against any villain ever. That's why he was crying. That's why he was crying. He's like, damn it, now I can't do anything against a villain ever because my girlfriend helped me in literally every single thing. At least Tom Holland didn't have that help. He had help emotionally, but he, he, he beat Vulture on his own. Yeah, he did. He beat Mysterio on his own. He gave all the villains the work in No Way Home. Andrew Garfield couldn't be beat a single villain on his own. And he had idiots on Twitter thinking that he's the best Spider-Man. He didn't win a single fight on his own. He was such an incompetent Spider-Man, he couldn't even find Uncle Ben's killer. But Andrew Garfield is good? No, he, I'm sorry. I'm going to say Andrew Garfield is the worst Spider-Man ever. I'm going to say it. he's a good actor. There's some mm -hmm. good parts of his Spider-Man that you enjoy that they should definitely add in Spider-Man 4. But overall, as a character and as a, as a film, he was at his best in No Way Home. No, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Yeah. He was trash in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 1, not bad. Like, yeah, you can watch it. But Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh, no, he's the worst Spider-Man in that film. He's the worst Spider-Man. And I'm, I will go to death in that because Spider-Man, Tom Holland gave up his girlfriend and his identity to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. Andrew Garfield said, fuck Gwen Stacy's dad. I'm going to hang out with you anyway. <laughs> and that's Spider-Man to you? He was willing to abandon New York City to go to freaking London for his girlfriend? That's Spider-Man to you? Y'all just hate but, Disney. But, just hate but he wants to be happy. He wants to be happy, yeah, but Peter Parker also <laughs> isn't super selfish either. <laughs> like, 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 there's a fine line. Like, there was so much bad ideological decisions in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2. The fact that Electro, that whole concept, that's not an engaging script. I'm sorry. He's like, you forgot about me. You, 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 how could you do that? Oh my God, I'm going to kill you now. Like, what? And that is more engaging than Mysterio. Like, yeah, he's he was another Stark tech employee, but it actually made sense. And the fact that while Vulture wasn't willing to murder Peter over weapons, Mysterio was willing to kill Peter over views. I love that. He's psycho. He's up there in the head. And you're gonna take the, you're gonna take Mr. Electro with bad teeth over that. Get out of here, bro. Amazing. Andrew Garfield's the worst Spider-Man ever. But yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. That's number one. It's the worst Spider of all time. Okay. Then I will say uh Amazing Spider-Man. No, 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 I'm just hating. Um, then I will say Far From Home. Oh, say, okay. Yeah. I would say, and, and and to give the visual, like let's say this is the list, you know what I'm saying? 
below the screen, all the way by my feet, is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then right here is Far From Home. So while it's still, like, you know, the second worst Spider-Man movie, I do agree with that, because while it isn't a bad movie, it does miss the mark on a lot of Spider-Man themes. It's a hell of a lot better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, so that that is, like, if I was to stand up, this is the difference. So this is Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's all the way down here. And this is far from home. And this is still the bottom of my list. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I just had to get that out of my system. Okay. Then it's Amazing Spider-Man 1. Um, and I wouldn't say that's bad. I just think it's... Um, the movie could have used a lot of original flair. They could have used a James Cameron and no studio interference mm. to really make that movie home. The concept yeah. of the lizard, uh, you know, turning New York into lizards again, like, oh my God, we've seen that, been there, done that, predictable, whatever. And then the parents' story arc, it's not engaging to me. I don't care about his parents. I want Spider-Man, Uncle Ben and Man, that's what I care about. So, but, you know, it was good. Um, it was all right. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't Toby and Tom. So that's currently, you have Amazing Trash Man 2. Then you have, uh, uh, you have Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then you have Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Then you have Amazing Spider-Man 1. All right. Now, I will say that this is where things get controversial. Okay. Um, I would say Spider-Man I would put next. I don't really because i don't think um the movie's bad i just think the movies after it just did it better okay um, um i still think it's a brilliant movie um but then i would have spider-man um simply because uh i'm just not a big fan of oscorp i never was i preferred the street level stuff i preferred the other villains so having green goblin like I'm surprised No Way Home is so high up on my list because I just don't really like Green Goblin as a villain that much. Um, but he is the most important Spider-Man villain. He needs to be there. He's just not my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would put Spider-Man next. Then I would put Spider-Man three. Um, okay. I just love the sequences of the black suit and Sandman, but I think that's all they needed. Maybe Spider-Man four should have been Venom. That Spider-Man 3 should have been just Black Suit Peter and Sandman. And this is how I would rewrite Spider-Man 3. Maybe at the end, Peter's going to kill Sandman. Sandman talks about, and they're at a church, and Sandman talks about what happened, and Peter realizes, I'm going too far with this. I forgive you. I have to take this Black Suit off. He takes off, and then the post credit scene or something, it's, it goes to Eddie Brock and then Spider-Man 4, Spider-Man versus... Mm -hmm. That's how I would do it. I think there was way too much going on. But I will say it made for a cool WrestleMania action set piece sequence when like Harry Osborn came in and saved the day. Like John Cena yeah, comes in and saved the day. <laughs> so that I was really that. good. And yeah. and you know, off a side note, but uh Raimi MJ is the worst love partner ever, love interest ever. She's trash, she's a cheater, she's emotionally manipulative, she's abusive. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? And Yes, Peter slapped her in the face, so maybe they're both abusive. Then maybe Toby Spider-Man canceled, whatever. But regardless, MJ Raimi Spider-Man sucks. She's mm -hmm. trash. You're going to have problems with your man, so you're going to go hang out with his friend and make out with him? Like, you're trash. You're for the streets. Somebody call Future. Somebody call Future. You're for the streets. You know? <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, like, Spider-Man 3 is next. Okay. Then I would have Spider-Man Homecoming. 
Okay. Um, I love Spider-Man Homecoming, especially that final half hour, bro. I don't need to... Nothing needs to be said. The only thing I would change is I just hate the inclusion of Tony Stark and the Spider-Man character. I, just, I, I, I hate that. Mm-hmm. It, I do agree with some of the haters when they say it's anti-Spider-Man. I, I kind of see that. I agree with that. Like when Andrew Garfield said Spider-Man would hate that billionaire, I agree with that. Like he would not. But it's a different iteration. Sony wanted, you know, the MCU characters in this version of Spider-Man for money stuff. And I don't like to bitch and moan on the internet unless I'm already doing it right now. So it is what it is. You run with it. And like I said, that fat, that's such a creative final half hour, bro. Fighting on an airplane. Mm, yeah, that was good. You know, and uh, I can relate to that because I'm Muslim. <laughs> I am, I, say... am I allowed to laugh at that? <laughs> You're allowed to laugh at that. You're allowed to laugh at that. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I couldn't help myself. But no, um, I just thought that was a creative final sequence, man. And Michael Keaton brought oh. so much to the role. Oh, yeah. I would say that. That, that scene when he's driving them to the uh, homecoming dance. Yeah, that it's so really good. good. Yeah, it's so so good. Um, okay, next. Um, let's see. I have Spider Man Two left, No Way Home, and uh, it's the Spider Verse, right? Yeah. Okay, this is where things get crazy. Um, next, I'm going with No Way Home. Um, here's why. Okay. I think No Way Home is the. I think it's the Spider-Man fan's ultimate dream. And I love that movie. If I had to rate it, I'd give it a 9.5 out of 10. To me, Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse are 10 out of 10. So. And that's where I just kind of edges it out for me a bit. Um, but I think No Way Home is damn near perfect. I don't have anything I would criticize about it um, at all. And I think that death scene with Aunt May is the best, best death scene in all of Spider-Man movies. Mm. I, that that's my hot take. I think No Way Home that has the best death scene. You truly felt that, yeah. 100%. And 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 when J. J Jonah Jameson is talking crazy about Spider Man and he's watching it in the rain, bro, mm. you can't tell me that's not classic Spider Man, bro. That's literally classic. That's literally that's literally this. It's literally like you know like it's literally spider-man comics bro like so you can't tell me that it wasn't brilliant but i think where you know my next ranking which is spider-man 2 where i think spider-man 2 kind of beats it is the fact that spider-man 2 um i just kind of like how it was more cinematically shot i kind of like the action sequences a bit more i think no way home some of the action sequences were a bit too fast too short and a little underwhelming yeah that's where i would kind of put that there but no way home kind of makes up with it for the characters and the story but the action could have been a lot better um that to me is where i would put spider-man too because the story is up there i would argue the story is a bit more human and personable than no way home yeah. and i think the action sequences are a hell of a lot better and peter he was throwing ufc elbows in that movie like he was he was he was, he was throwing like doc act through buildings and, and shit bro so yeah, no, I definitely think that um, I think Spider-Man 2 takes the cake there. And also that ending where Mary Jane shows, like, it, it, be, it, it you know, like, when people think that Spider-Man's life is constantly for suffering and sacrifice, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 shows no, like, good stuff can happen too, and she's waiting for him in the doorway. But then they yeah. turn her trash in Spider-Man 3, but that's neither here nor there. But um, then the best one, I think, is Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. 
Yeah. For me, I think that's the best Spider-Man movie because it changes the dynamic of Spider-Man. We focus on Miles instead of Peter, who's been told about so much times. And furthermore, it kind of answers the question of like, how do you aspire to reach your, your dreams? You know, how do you aspire to meet the legends? And Miles is an allegory of that. I can relate to that. Like I'm a budget comic book artist or writer and I want to be up there with the greats. How do I even meet that? You know? So to me, the analogy is, you know, the great comic writers are Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and I feel like I'm Miles Morales kind of right now, you know? And how do I reach that? And, you know, Into the Spider-Verse is really inspiring. You just need the right support system. And and uh, that's easier said than done, but find people in your life that uplift you, bro. And that was the message of Into the Spider-Verse and everybody can wear the mask. You don't need to get in your head about that you all deserve to wear the mask you all can do great stuff and that was a message of it and that to me resonated more than any other spider-man movie so to me that is my top three it was be into the spider-verse spider-man 2 and no way home so we've got the same top three just in a different order so yeah i'm happy, I'm happy with that <laughs> i'll yeah, take bro. i'll yeah. take that <laughs> yeah, bro. yeah man um anybody but, can wear the mask as you said anybody can wear the mask man like i <laughs> you know, I, I really hope i really hope uh you know I, I really hope this movie delivers because i think a big part of why we like spider-man is that you can also critically deep think about the themes of the story while also enjoying the fact that you're web swinging at 180 miles per hour and having fun and mm. animation allows you to do crazy action sequences that live action you just can't yeah and, 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 I, and i appreciate that like miguel and miles web swinging through the multiverse and fighting off of flying cars i mean sign me up bro like i want to see that so bad mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's um, that's 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 the bit i'm i'm most looking forward to and yeah that as i said before that scene going throughout the multiverse that that could be iconic i really hope so man and i really hope this ending is something shocking something that makes us mm. go you know like i really hope i really 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 hope so like yeah i'm gonna go opening night man i'm gonna go i'm gonna have my spidey suit you know it's a <laughs> up between spider-man india or you know uh the into the across the spider-verse suit because the deciding factor mm. is my hair got too much bald spots here <laughs> so we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll make it happen but yeah, yeah. Very, very, excited. very very excited for this new era of animation man mm -hmm. Give me some more of that. Like, if only disney did that instead of live action remakes that have no soul in them Moana. Yeah. The Still Rock great. chose that over WrestleMania. Yeah, the Rock. Like you freaking <laughs> chose Moana and Black Adam over facing Roman Reigns, you coward. But that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. Oh, but he's 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 not the goat anymore. He's not. <laughs> hell no, he's not the goat. John Cena maybe Roman Reigns if you love him, but John Cena is definitely over Rock. But um, and to me, back to Spider People, I would definitely. By the end of my life, bro, when I'm 80, 90, I want to say Miles is better than Peter. Right now, it's not fair to say that because <laughs> Peter's just done more. So hopefully I get in a position in my career where maybe I can write Miles Morales and I can do some crazy new stuff with him, man. I have so much ideas where I want to take the character and Miles excites me in a way that I Peter just doesn't because Peter's done it all. He's the GOAT. He's the legend. He's done it all. So let's do something new. And that's what yeah. Across the Spider-Verse is doing and that's what I'm really excited for. I'm sure you'll get that. Yeah, man. All right, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But you know, with that, this is the end of this episode, bro. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I apologize for ranting so much and talking so much about <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, you know, this is, you know, this character, bro. Like, you know, personal story. Mm -hmm. When I was getting bullied in Virginia, 
you know, for being Muslim, for being Pakistani, for not really knowing how to speak English. I was in a really dark place in my life and I was really pissed at the world. And um, I was, I just, I was in this angry, hurt mode. And to see the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films kind of show me what a, that it's possible to be a good person despite life throwing crap at you. Um, Spider-Man in a lot of ways is, to me, is a real person because in a lot of ways that character raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, taught me a lot of the values that, that I hold most dear to myself, like great power and great responsibilities. It's not just a catchphrase, like like to me it's real, you know, so um, mm-hmm. you know, like Superman, another character that raised me, Luke Skywalker, another character that raised me, um, uh, Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles, another character that raised me, um, Blue's yeah. Clues, Blue's Clues, uh, you know, you know, great show. Did you guys watch Blue's Clues in the UK? Uh, I don't, I think it might have been on over here, but I never watched it. Search it up, but Blue's Clues, like the little puppy from Blue's, like, we just got a letter. We just got a, <laughs> like, Blue's Clues, that character raised me. Um, but yeah, no, Spider-Man, Captain America, you know, Superman, Blue's Clues, Luke Skywalker, uh, Kratos. Um, these characters raised me, and um, I, I can talk about it for hours, but that's what we love Spider-Man, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. wearing this low-budget low Spider-Man costume. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got to wear it. You gotta wear it, bro. <laughs> I'll put it on to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, do it, bro. You got to. The, the spider sense is strong with this. I love that. Yeah, but with that being said, um, this is another episode of the Invisibles Podcast. Thank you so, so much. This has been a very Spider-Man heavy episode. And we're going to do a lot more of this because there's so much in this character. But oh, yeah. It's a great time to be a Spider-Man fan this year. Fa- fantastic. It's a hell of a lot better than 10 years ago. When oh, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man was running the scene. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Amazing Spider-Man here. Uh, but yeah, you guys know me. I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. And this is the Invincibles. Invincibles. <laughs> got a lot of Star Wars stuff as well by the way coming later this week oh, because yes. there's a lot to talk about so there'll be a bumper Star Wars episode coming um, yes. I don't know how long that one's going to be but it might be might be a hefty one <laughs> bro 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 I'm telling you we need Finn Finn as a Jedi please pay him, <laughs> him whatever he wants give him the whole bag Yeah, Finn as a Jedi please <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what. Oh, there's so much for us to talk about. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that all later later this week. All right, guys. Take care, guys. Take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. Cheers.